Hey everybody, welcome back to the Depths of Music podcast. My name is Nick, and welcome back to the show where I didn't think we'd be reviewing an artist that we've already viewed this early on in the game. I mean, we're like 10 episodes in, I'm already repeating ideas, which no is not a sign that I'm running out of ideas. This album's just interesting, darn it. Get off my case. Anyways, today we are reviewing, as you probably saw in the title, Iron Maiden's newest studio album, Senjutsu. Uh, Iron Maiden is one of my favorite bands of all time, like, just bar none. Their dramatic lyrics and showmanship, coupled with some of the best playing of almost any band, their dual guitar action makes them just a force to be reckoned with. They have a far more consistent and, like, good discography than any band of that age has to be because a lot of bands you know they have those records that make them classic and then they just kind of eh. but iron maiden has been making good records their entire career i mean their first seven albums speak for themselves a lot of those are classics but then we even get to things like brave new world and book of souls which i mean are basically late career hits and you know really aren't something that people expect a band like that to have but that's staying power but regardless of their age if there's any band from that era that could drop a good record in 2021, it's it's got to be Maiden. Like, them, maybe Priest, but most other bands just don't have that fire in them the way that Maiden seems to. And in early 21, we began the teasing process for this record. They, they kind of kept hiding little details in their social media posts. Uh, the fans, including me, ate that stuff up. I mean... It was it was crazy. They were posting like an album cover every day, and it would there would be a bit of it that would be changed, that would tease something. We didn't know what at the time, but soon enough, a live event called Balthazar's Feast was announced, where they debuted the first single, "Writing on the Wall." And soon after the video dropped, the album was announced. Uh, Sinjutsu, the album title, uh, translates loosely from Japanese to tra- "tactics and strategy." The album cover features this like great image of eddie with this samurai armor and this giant sword it's like it is like a top five album cover of the year for me i love this thing uh and senjutsu to be fair is the longest break between two iron maiden albums that fans have ever had so there's a lot to live up to going on to this new record and We've certainly, as Maiden fans, been waiting our fair share of time, and I was excited and hopeful, a little cautious, I'm not going to lie, especially when a legacy band comes out with a new album, I'm always a little nervous uh, when something I hold in such high regard is putting out a new piece of work. But I went in hopeful that Iron Maiden would give us something good. I'm not asking for another Seventh Son of a Seventh Son or another Number of the Beast. But I'm hoping that, you know, this record is good. So let's just dive straight into the first track. Um, Sinjutsu, the title track, is the first one that starts the album. We get these booming taiko drums to start out the title track, which is great, great theming uh, with our little Japanese aesthetic. I mean, you, you're going to see that this really doesn't carry through most of the record. It, it's brought up a few times, especially in like the first two tracks, but after that, it kind of gets dropped which i think is a little unfortunate to be completely honest with you uh the guitars and bass build up to kind of a slower trot and then bruce's vocals come in 
I like the harmonies, the vocal harmonies he's doing here with the layers. Uh, his singing voice is obviously not where it used to be, uh, just with age. But in my opinion, when it comes to his singing voice or vocal performances, this track is not the worst offender. Uh, the melodic playing that dances around the vocals actually complements the singing pretty good. But to be blunt, it's the only time on this record that that idea works. Uh, I think on pretty much every other track it's implemented in, it is uh, such a distraction and just does not do anything. The album's first solo is also pretty great. Uh, I like how it maintains the kind of menacing, threatening tone of the track. It's definitely an interesting choice to start the record with a mid-tempo song like this instead of something fast, galloping, you know, like the, the stereotypical Maiden right out of the gate. Uh, and I still like a lot of the musical elements in here. The thundering bass line is pretty epic, the booming drums are great, and the light keyboard touches also are pretty well. This song, like many others, is quite lengthy, clocking in at over seven minutes, and obviously this isn't new for Modern Maidens, but it's definitely something to take note of. Lyrically, this entire record is a little hard to pin down. Why? Well, to be blunt, the biggest issue with the record, the mixing is not good and I am like not a music expert a lot of times when I hear other critics say that there are mixing issues it is a little bit harder for me to fully get that I am I have not been to like school for music production I need to learn more about that but it's just not always something that sticks out to me even to someone inexperienced like me the way that this record sounds sticks out like a sore thumb Bruce often gets buried over these giant walls of guitars that combined with the more slurry style he sings in due to his age makes it really hard to hear and understand him. I don't know why Maiden did this. I have a guess. It kind of feels like a move of insecurity due to a lack of confidence in Dickinson's singing. And I'm not going to lie, I understand. The singing on this record isn't really that good. He's much older and it's much more strained for him to do these things. But... Well, I get the choice, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's a serious detriment to the record to not be able to hear these things. Back to the lyrics, though. Uh, I, this title track, we actually get some Japanese and samurai-inspired lyrics, as the record album art appears to be going for. It's about a group of warriors possibly fighting uh, to hold off their walls from northern invaders. That's uh, kind of like Raiders was on... Uh, Number of the Beast, Invaders, sorry, not Raiders. Uh, context clues lead me to assume these are the Mongols, mainly due to the nomads wandering the plain from the north. Uh, pretty typical Maiden stuff, but still pretty appropriately epic. We get more of these kind of historically inspired lyrics, and I've always really appreciated that from Maiden. They're a band that they kind of like, you could probably accuse Maiden of cultural appropriation in the way that they, they like to take a lot of aesthetics from parts of ancient history. But Maiden, especially in their older years, have done a lot to really like commemorate and really try to be respectful in the best ways they can to the cultures they're borrowing aesthetics from. And they're, they're aware of this. So, I think this Sinjutsu track is actually pretty cool. It's a, gr it's a good way to start the record. Uh, it might not be like your typical Maiden song, but there's enough musical risks and cool ideas here that make this an enjoyable listen. Stratejo, the second single off the record, also 
really exemplifies a lot of the issues I have with this album overall. I really do like the opening riff, and I like that classic Maiden gallop with the bass. That's, I mean, that never, literally never gets old. Uh, the guitar playing around the vocals, however, this time is just, just sounds really bad. I mean, the tone does not do it for me. It sounds really weird and out of place, and it feels like it clashes with Bruce's vocals instead of complimenting it. The hook is pretty catchy, and I actually like the keyboard for most of this album. Uh, Bruce's vocals are given more shine as he gets a little less buried here on some of the verses, but they're still not mixed well as they come through due to less instrumentation, pretty much only. That's the only reason you hear them, it's just there's less things going on in the verse. And I'm not going to say they're great, but I like it better than not hearing it at all. The rhythm section, though, I mean, for this song and the whole record is fantastic. The rhythm guitars, the bass, the drums, those kill and that doesn't really surprise me i mean maiden's rhythm section has always been good but they really shine on this extra epic instrumental break before the final chorus uh the title is in reference to an old strategy game we get a bit about this in the opening verse lyrically kind of about strategy but it kind of then breaks off into a narrative about a speaker whoever this person is being hunted by an outside force or being held captive kind of trying to in a way outwit their opponent to get away from this force that's going to devour them it's it's interesting um not my favorite set of lyrics on the set on this track and honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, it's not one of my favorite songs here either. I thought this probably would not have been my choice for the second single. I mean, I get, I get that the hook is good. I get that it's a little bit shorter than some of the stuff we get on the back end. But quality-wise, this is one of my not-as-favorite moments on this track. I don't know why I said not-as-favorite instead of least-favorite. Um, Alright, speaking of singles, here's the first single, The Writing on the Wall. Uh, it begins with an acoustic guitar. I, I point this out because softer openings and instrumental passages are more frequent than you'd expect from Iron Maiden. This isn't like the first time they've ever used an acoustic guitar in their entire lives, but it's, it's something to take note of here. Um, it's the lead single for the record, debuting with this crazy animated music video. It's got like these hooded eddies, and they're riding across the deserts. It's the one from the different years with these guitar riffs, and there's this great scene where he just pulls out this giant, where Samurai Eddie comes out, he pulls out this giant sword, and he like massacres a cut. It's, it's so wild, and it makes no sense, but it is so awesome. It's even was like spearheaded by like former Pixar animators so like it, it looks good too I'm not an animation expert though so I don't know eventually we get this guitar riff and we get this main riff in the vocals after the acoustic and honestly taking into factors all the factors I mentioned earlier they kind of drag this record down like the mixing and some of the choices on like Bruce's vocals I actually really like this song. The chorus is good, the solos are all like epic, and they really all flow well with their sections. I think that's another thing they do pretty well is all the sections flow, but they also stand really well just on their own. Lyrically, the song is taking inspiration from the bel uh, biblical story of Balthazar's feast, uh, the place where the saying writing on the wall actually comes from the story essentially is about this guy named balthazar who's freaked out by a like 
dismembered hand that shows up and starts literally writing on the wall. He can't find out what his writing means until he calls for this uh, wise man named Daniel. Daniel says that Balthazar committed blasphemy, and he reminds Balthazar that the same thing happened to his father, but he repented and he yielded his power to God. Balthazar has not repeated this, and God says he will die and his days are numbered. Sure enough, he dies in his sleep that night, and his kingdom is given away. Uh, we kind of get, you know, these themes paralleled in the song, too, of kind of a foolish man who's too blind to see the writing on the wall. It's a little bit of a different context, but kind of the same message made in this, essentially telling you to get your head out of the sand, see the writing on the wall, and act. It's not exactly like a song telling you to repent to God, but uh, that was for the Kanye record. Uh, but still, I think it's an interesting lyrical inspiration. It's a it's an interesting story, I think. Maiden uses it quite well, and the music actually does kind of... The urgency, in my opinion, matches that mood. Lost in the Lost World uh, is opens with another acoustic intro. Uh, Bruce's vocals, honestly, to me, sounded like he was doing his best Roger Waters impression. Which I'm not going to say is a bad thing, but... It, that's just what I got from it. Uh, we then break into the more heavy section of the track. Once again, the rhythm section, phenomenal, as always. Uh, not particularly innovative or, like, crazy, but it, it's just solid and rocks as hard as always. I also really love the bass on the outro as well with the touch of strings. Lyrically, this track seems to be going back to that classic historical maiden like we touched on earlier. The song tends to kind of run as a mourning of the loss of past cultures and past knowledge. Specifically, it seems to be in reference to like Native American populations. Um, there's this reference to popular depictions of Native Americans, some iconography that the general person would associate with them, and, you know, the fight they fought to keep their ideas and their civilization alive. It's kind of more like a chill Run to the Hills, but as Run to the Hills is, like, explicitly about that conflict, Lost in the Lost World is kind of a mourning for that culture. And while, obviously, you know, that culture is still alive we see plenty of native uh people practicing their culture very uh you know they're they're still able to practice their culture which is great um the kind of loss of it and how we kind of stomped a lot of it out and we lost a lot of it is kind of what maiden's going for on this track which is kind of an interesting take Days of Future Past opens with a killer guitar riff. It's easily the highlight of the album. It's it's one of the best we see here. I also also this and I think this is one of Bruce's actual best vocal performances. It's big, it's blaring, and it's anthemic. The guitar solo is fantastic here. It's more condensed than most of the track on the record, so there's really no time to kill here. This is one of the shortest songs, but Man, if Maiden doesn't use every second of it to its fullest. Simply put, this is the most classic Maiden that this record gets. And while I love some of their new ideas, the return to form is pretty glorious. Lyrically, the song is inspired by the graphic novel Constantine and the movie adaptation specifically with Keanu Reeves, according to an interview with Bruce Dickinson. It grapples with this portrayal of God as manipulative and a deceitful person that 
after this, all the things he does wrong to Mianani, he's all powerful when you're supposed to love him, but when he's done things that you may perceive as wrong, how does one do that? It's an interesting message for these lyrics to speak through. There's actually some pretty intense and kind of deep lyrics on this record uh, and honestly i think it's the best we've seen so far just that classic maiden tone some pretty cool lyrics make this an easy pick for an album highlight another soft guitar line opens time machine and i really also like bruce's off kilter singing it feels weird but in a good way and the strings do a really good job of complementing it the, rain, the main riff kicks in, which is honestly pretty solid. Uh, I just think once Bruce starts singing and the guitar line starts playing over him, it doesn't work well at all. Um, the dark Sabbath-esque uh, descending uh, instrumental break is pretty great. I think the following verse really improves on the first uh, with some of the little changes they make. The track climaxes quite well into its final minutes, and I think the final chorus uh, and its addition of the dueling line to complement the lead guitar is also pretty great. I also like how the song kind of circles back to that acoustic outro to finish. Overall, pretty good song. It definitely improves as it goes on. It starts rough with that first verse, but once we get the break and then we get the addition of more musical elements, it gets better and better and better. Darkest Hour opens with ocean sounds and an electric and acoustic guitar that builds really nicely into the beginning of Bruce's verse. Bass is very percussive in the beginning. Uh, Bruce's vocals are actually pretty decent here. Once the music builds, though, I think some of the mixes, mixing issues kind of come back into play. Still, the composition is quite good. Uh, the Metallica review probably made it clear that I kind of have a soft spot for heavy metal ballads. Uh, like Unforgiven, but it's kind of clear here too, uh, to be honest. The guitar solo kills as well. The new lead lines that are introduced in the final chorus are also pretty fantastic. Uh, Darkest Hours, lyrically, are a tribute to Winston Churchill. In an interview, Bruce acknowledges the bad parts of Churchill, but he still sees him as a hero due to his willingness to compel the British to stand against the Nazis in World War II. This message, whether you agree with Bruce's take on, on uh, Churchill or not, is effectively communicated through very visceral imagery of the hardships that Churchill helped the British overcome. Overall, I think it's a pretty incredible song. The next song, The Death of the Celts, opens in a very cinematic way. It's got this 12-string guitar, 6-string, and violins are all here. Give us all that extra bit of drama. It kind of reminds me of Fear of the Dark in a way, which is another great Maiden song. Uh, horn embellishments and brass also kind of join in as the tempo speeds up. After the first verse, though, the intense guitars return. Vocals here are okay. I mean, they're just okay. They pass. Uh, the instrumental work, though, is really what makes this thing excel. I love this touch of keeping the acoustic guitar in the track even after the electrics come in to dominate. It actually adds a nice layer to it, but doesn't really, like, clash in a way that you think of strumming fast acoustic guitar chords would also kind of mix with heavy metal. The vocals leave way to, uh, to give... The vocals leave to give way to another killer instrumental 
section. The solos are so distinct and they're so stellar. I love the diversity and the bass playing and the addition of synths as the section ends. It's very different for Iron Maiden. The slow fade out and the final verse are all also delivered very well. It's a really long song, but it actually does quite a good job of keeping the listener engaged the entire time. We see this a lot on the back end of this record, which, spoiler alert, I think is stronger than the front end. And, I mean, this this thing's like, what, like 10 songs in like over an hour? Like, there's not a lot of time to burn on this album. Song-wise, there's not a lot of songs, but they're long. And to be fair, Maiden does a good job of keeping an idea and keeping their train of thought going throughout this entire record. They do a really good job of holding up these big, long cuts in a way that, you know, I think definitely earns them some credit. Their instrumental work here is really great in compelling the entire way through. Uh, we get a very similar acoustic intro on the parchment. The string and bass line make it feel like the beginning of a dark and imposing march. The rest of the instrumentals kick in as the march continues. We get a similar lead line to Stratigo with the guitar that moves around the vocals to slightly better effects, I guess. It's not as good as like we saw on the first track, but it's a little bit of an improvement. The rhythm section is killing it. I especially like the multi-layered guitars that lead the middle instrumental section of the track. The solos on the back half of the instrumentals are also pretty solid in their own right. Nothing too crazy, but Iron Maiden solos will forever have a certain amount of quality that cannot be ignored. The final lag before the vocals come back in is also really great. I love the unison guitar and bass parts. It just feels a little off when Bruce finally joins back in. The final verse's melody is also pretty great. The final two-ish minutes are back with another instrumental. For the first solo out here is this brutal shredding followed by a more melodic solo to balance it out. The bass lift also takes us out for one last string and horn passage before Iron Maiden ends this 12-minute monster of a song. I like it a lot. Maybe not all 12 minutes were vital, and maybe not everything here was perfect, but following a 10-minute song with a 12-minute song and both of them being pretty solid is nothing to scoff at. Lyrically, we get some pretty devilish stuff, whole seven verses speaking of the return of the glory of a dark lord and the hell they will raise and ravage the speaker will get revenge for whatever they feel wrong by by raising this dark lord and unleashing their destruction upon the earth honestly it's more satanic than anything said in number of the beast uh, and the darkness of the music really fits these lyrics. I love the imagery here, and I've always appreciated it when Maiden gets dark, because despite being a metal band, Maiden isn't, like, a super serious band, so I really, I really like it when they get into more gritty, darker metal imagery. Our final song is also pretty similar to what we just heard, titled Hell on Earth. The same style of acoustic and cinematic intro, and it's over ten minutes long. I like the clean guitar line that opens up the track, still. And on the other hand, this song is kind of the opposite of the parchment and the death of the Celts because the vocal section is actually probably my favorite. It's a really earwormy chorus, and while the Iron Maiden instrumentals are always good, this kind of just sticks out less than the sea of them on this record alone. 
Still, it's fitting enough close to the record. Definitely not a bad track at all, just not my favorite. Lyrically, though, I also think this thing shines. It's pretty damn dark. Harris's lyrics about essentially leaving the Earth implied via suicide, or wanting to leave the Earth in a way that kind of I, I feel like is implying suicide, and how the world is super messed up and how it feels like we can't do anything to stop it. Hoping there's a next life to pass on to because anything is better than this. It's, to be honest, quite a bleak sentiment, especially for Iron Maiden. But honestly, it's something that I know I've experienced and I've seen people feel very common recently. It's a, it's a common sentiment. I've seen so many people echo this. So it's definitely something that feels right for the time. It's speaking to a real issue and a real thing going on in society right now, and I really applaud Iron Maiden for doing that, for taking that plunge on these lyrics. Uh, so that definitely knocks the track up a bit, but still a pretty decent song. And that's the end of Senjutsu, and overall, does Maiden pull it off? To be honest, I think so. There's some glaring flaws with this record, like really glaring flaws with the record. The mixing is simply not good, and maybe I didn't touch on it in every single song, but it's pretty much always an issue. Bruce's vocals is not where they used to be, and not every moment of every instrumental is great. But honestly, I think like the voice especially is not as big of an issue as maybe some other people might think. I would prefer a record, honestly, where you could hear Bruce better and maybe have a few more obviously bad vocals. In part, though, the record is pretty great due to the great lyrics, uh, the really good acoustic moments, and the long instrumentals. I really admire the risks they take on this record. This isn't like maiden doing what maiden's known for doing no there's there's some risks here there's things that they're doing differently and i really admire that from a band this far into their career while not everything they're doing is super new embracing those sounds after five years of fan waiting instead of just spoon feeding them all their maidenisms is definitely something to you know, kind of be proud of for them. Iron Maiden Senjutsu is good. It's a worthy addition to the catalog of one of my favorite bands of all time. And then again, that discog is pretty consistent. What really makes me happy, though, is not exactly the quality of this record, but it's the creative energy in it. The videos, the build-up, the style changes, the different choices that they're making all over this thing. It feels like there is still creative energy in Iron Maiden. There is gas in that tank creatively, and that's driving the band at the heart of it. There's a passion there, there's a love there, and that's what's making Iron Maiden going. Not just money, not just, well, we feel like we have to. No, it feels like there is a genuine passion for making music. And that alone, that passion makes me excited for the future of Iron Maiden. Hopefully it's not another five years before we hear from them again. Uh, they're probably going to go on some giant tour, which I will probably break an arm and a leg to try to go see. But overall, Senjutsu's not their best record. But honestly, I think it's a worthy addition to the catalog. So that's it for Senjutsu. So thank you all for watching. If you like this review, please be sure to drop whatever kind of positive ratings on podcast listening platform you listen to. Be sure to follow or subscribe or whatnot to keep up to date with everything I'm doing. 
Honestly, music is moving like a thousand miles a minute, so you're probably going to be hearing quite a bit of me considering I've done three reviews in three weeks, hopefully if this gets up on time. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Depths of Music Cast, where I post on-the-spot reactions to news from all over the musical world and some takes on some albums that have come out that maybe I didn't have time to fully get to in a full review like this. If you like Iron Maiden or are curious to get into them, I reviewed one of their best and most classic albums, Number of the Beast. You can also check out more metal reviews with my reviews of Black Sabbath's Heaven and Hell and Metallica's Black Album. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'll see you.